This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote it into The Great Gatsby. Frank Lloyd Wright lived there when he was working on the Guggenheim. And the Beatles stayed there before they performed on the Ed Sullivan Show. What am I talking about? Talking about the world-famous New York City's Plaza Hotel. Why are we talking about the Plaza? Because the Plaza is on the block. Welcome to Money Beats. Stephen Grosser still on vacation. So I'm here joined by Wall Street Journal reporter and editor, Craig Carmen. Craig, how are you? I'm good, Paul. Uh, nice story, by the way. This is your story about the Plaza. Good get there. Yeah, it's very interesting. I've been following the Plaza for, for a couple of years now. Um, the Indian owners have been sort of flirting with potential buyers on this property, but they've always seemed to be unable to pull the trigger on it. The uh, the chairman of the company, a guy named Subrato Roy, chairman of Sahara Group, uh, is said to have a real affection for the plaza. Uh, people have told me that when he sees the Indian flag flying outside of it, fills him with great pride. And he's got a complicated backstory. He was actually in yeah. jail well, for a couple of years, and, and we can get to that. But I was right. going to say that he uh, – he seemed to have an ambivalence about wanting to sell it. He needed to raise some money, but he couldn't quite pull the trigger on this property he adored. Uh, but the sign that they've actually hired a hotel broker, JLL, to market and find a buyer shows that they are now moving to a new stage and are probably pretty serious about selling it now. And to help us break down this this potential deal, which may happen, what it might mean, we are also joined here in the studio by Sean Hennessy, who is CEO of Hotel Consultants Lodging Advisors and... NYU professor getting ready for the new school year. Sean, thanks for coming in today. Thank you very much. So, uh, Sean, just kind of give us a, a big picture of this. Um, why is the plaza – What is it? I, I know the answer to this, but for people who may not, why does the plaza matter? Well, it, it's one of the most visible hotels in the world. It's been in more movies than any other hotel in New York. It's been the site of many famous events as you – started to say in the beginning. And it has one of the most, if not the most preeminent location in New York on the corner of Fifth Avenue and Central Park South. It doesn't get much better than that. Right. Right. Literally, basically across the street from Central Park, uh, the Apple store is up there now. FAO Schwartz used to be up there, right? Yes. Is and FAO Schwartz still there? Uh, in a different location, but yeah. it's nearby. An important distinction, though, is although it is on Central Park South, the side of the building fronting Central Park South is now residential apartments mm -hmm. that are not part of this contemplated transaction. Yeah. You know, Craig, it's interesting. You mentioned that um, the owners of the hotel now, they're so in love with it and everybody seems to uh, – people seem to love this hotel. They love owning it. They love being able to have it in their portfolio. But it also seems to change hands kind of quite often. Yeah, it's been through, I'd say, nearly a dozen owners, um, which sounds like a lot, although when you consider that it's been open since 1907, maybe it isn't that much. Um, in more recent years, there's been a, a strong foreign interest in this hotel. It's had owners from Israel, Saudi Arabia, Singapore, now India. Uh, what a lot of hotel uh, people will say is that, you know, it is, as Sean was saying, too, it's it's a trophy property. Mm -hmm. There's a great prestige in owning this. While, you know, a sort of more mid-market hotel may be uh, a better profit engine than a luxury hotel, owning a, a hotel like the Plaza or the Waldorf 
uh, is often conferring a, a certain amount of prestige on the owner. And, and as a result, um, a lot of people have wanted it. But then a lot of people, once they've owned it, have, have seen it. it's a bit of a mess to, to, to run and to try mm-hmm. and make money from and have been happy to find someone else who's willing to pay more for it. Yeah, um, our current president owned it at one point, right? He did. He did. In fact, um, he very famously put out a a full-page ad in the New York Times praising it. He said, I haven't purchased a building. I've purchased a masterpiece, the Mona Lisa. When he bought it. Yes, in in 1988. For the first time in my life, I have knowingly made a deal that was not economic, for I can never justify the price I paid, no matter how successful the plaza (laughs) becomes. Maybe he should have made it economic, Sean. (laughs) Well... If he didn't pay that price for it, chances are there was someone standing right behind him willing to do mm-hmm. that because not only is it uh, that sort of prestige of ownership, but think about it from a hotelier's point of view. If you are trying to put your hotel company or your brand on the map, what better way to do it than to be able to fly your flag in front of the Plaza Hotel? Yeah. So let's talk about uh, – let's talk a little bit about the price. You know, Why not, right? I mean um, what what do we think – now, first off – You'd say the Plaza Hotel is up for sale, and you mentioned it was converted to some of it was converted to condos. So, are they selling the entire building, condos, hotel, everything, or or is this being parceled out? What's, what actually is being sold? They're not. So the building was converted into a number of of unique condominiums uh, here in New York, but the residential condominiums that are fronting the park have been sold and are completely under separate ownership. So you have the the transient hotel rooms. You have the public spaces, including some uh, retail spaces such as the Oak Room, which are currently closed, and then some underground spaces as well as the support spaces for the hotel operation. And what what do we think – Let's assume it's it's a normal auction and doesn't go off the rails into some kind of you know trophy hunt. What what do you think this might fetch? Well, I mean, I think you have to assume that maybe it's not a, a completely non-economic transaction, but I think you have to assume that there will be a number of bidders that they will bid very aggressively, and the competitive nature of the offering will tend to bid the price up. But I think it, it's. Whereas it used to be just a few years ago, it was inconceivable to clear the million-dollar-per-room hurdle. Now we've seen a couple of transactions in that that range, and approaching $2 million is not out of the question. And even though – For this property. For this property. And even though some of the fundamentals for the New York hotel market have moderated a a bit over the past year or so, I think once you're talking about – the opportunity to acquire this hotel, it's a different story. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. I'm talking about the Plaza Hotel. You are listening to Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa. Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. 
Welcome back to Money Beat. Paul Vigna here in the studio with Wall Street Journal reporter and editor Craig Carmen and Sean Hennessy, CEO of Hotel Consultants Lodging Advisors. And, and you know, folks, originally we thought we were going to be doing this podcast from the Plaza Hotel. We had talked about it and we were, we were kind of excited about it. Not that you could have seen the Plaza, but you could have heard it. And sure, we could have sat in any hotel, really, I guess, and recorded it and, and no one would know the difference. But we have integrity. So if we tell you the Plaza, we're in the Plaza. Uh, the problem was the technology. We just kind of couldn't make it work logistically. So here we are in the studio. Sean, does this hotel – and I would imagine this is the case when you're talking about the Plaza Hotel and, and the sale. Does this sale say anything about wider trends in New York real estate, U.S. real estate, the hotel industry? Or is this is this particular property so iconic and so unique that – this sale, you, you can't really extrapolate any trends. Well, well, I think there's a confluence of two things. One is that it is a unique property, so it, it doesn't you know, stand as part of a trend. But in the larger context, the U.S. as well as the international hotel markets have been on a strong recovery cyclical phase ever since – you know, getting through the recession. So that has led to a lot of companies that are cash rich, that are looking to expand. And that's um, that adds to the allure of this type of opportunity. Yeah. Uh, two things I want to bring up definitely. And Craig, I want to ask you one thing. This story got a lot of attention online. It got a lot of attention, uh, a lot of readers why does a story like this – and you mentioned – you know, it's funny because, you know, you're an editor now. Like you have responsibilities as an editor, but you still write stories like this. I mean, why does a story like this resonate so much? Um, you know, it. I think it's sort of a visceral thing. Part, part of it might be uh, it's August and people want to read uh, something that's a little more fun and maybe a little more pop culture angle and not necessarily about the bond market. But I also think the plaza is one of the few pieces of real estate that most anyone in the United States has some familiarity with. You know, maybe they read the Eloise books as a kid or mm -hmm. they read The Great Gatsby or they saw North by Northwest and Cary Grant getting kidnapped from there after having a drink yeah. at the Oak Bar. Or Home Alone or, or Home Ghostbusters yeah. or any other two dozen some odd exactly. films. And I, I think at a time in which you know a lot of hotels um, are sort of boxy, anonymous looking structures and uh, – Airbnb is becoming more popular and, and people are, are moving away from hotels. This is still a place that a lot of people have memories of. They they think of as a, a time when, when hotels were very grand and staying there was uh, was something to brag about. Yeah. Now, I want to get both of you guys involved in this. Maybe, Craig, first. You had mentioned this earlier in the first segment and I knew we had to come back to it. What is it about foreign investors buying U.S. properties? That seems to be a trend. Why, why is that happening? Why is that picked up? What, what is the significance of all that? Yeah, it, it's really picked up over the last several years um, for a few reasons. I think you know part of it is that it's just a, a seen as a good long-term investment. Um, you have a piece of property and it, it generates income, and U.S. property over the long term tends to go up, particularly in major cities. Um, if you're buying well-known properties and you can uh, you can get some income in, then you could sell it on to the next person if you're ready to do that. Um, there's been some talk that uh, people overseas are, are looking to get money out of their country for whatever reason. People in China who are worried about government crackdowns, people um, in countries with sanctions who are trying to hide the money from their mm -hmm. government and, and 
New York and, and other big city real estate in the United States is a good way uh, uh, to move a lot of money quickly. Um, so I, I think you've seen a lot of that. You've uh, again the prestige factor we were talking about before the uh, the company that bought the Waldorf Astoria for 1.95 billion was this Chinese insurer Anban, and uh, I think no one had really heard of Anban outside of China until they bought the Waldorf, and then they became known as the company that bought the Waldorf. And their chairman was speaking at Harvard University, and he he gave a hint that he was going to convert some of the units into condos. And he made it clear that there was going to be an element of exclusivity there and that they wouldn't just accept any old buyer. And so suddenly here's a Chinese insurance company that no one's heard of, uh, you know, in possession of this landmark property right. that, that he anticipates everyone wants to live Meaning in. Meaning your money is good, but it may not be good enough. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And, and just to follow Which up on that. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, there's still quite a strong foreign bid, and I, I expect you'll see many, many bids from overseas on the plaza from all corners of the globe. But it does seem to be cooling down a little bit. Um, China is starting to clamp down on outbound investment. They really loosened the rules for insurance companies, and it was also an insurance company that bought the Baccarat, a midtown Manhattan hotel at over $2 million a key, another very high price. Um, Middle Eastern Governments and wealthy people in that part of the world are, have a little less money now that oil prices are half of what they were a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. So I, I don't think it's quite the frenzy that you might have had, say, in 2015, but I, I still think um, there's plenty of money sloshing around the world, and some of it's going to end up trying to buy the plaza. And, and does that trend, Sean, kind of feed into what we were talking about before about that whole idea of, of these sales almost being non-economic in nature? You know, I mean, people are looking – they're looking to buy these things not just for the return on the investment. They're looking for a place to just kind of park the money. Well, that's part of it. But there's other rationale as well. So it could be uh, an opportunity for, for instance, a foreign hotel company to get a foothold in the U.S. market, which is by far the largest and most lucrative hotel market to be operating in. So you still have a lot of brands that are well-known around the world that don't have a presence here in the U.S., and they could gain that with an acquisition like this in one fell swoop. We brought up earlier the unique situation of the Indian owners. This group, Sahara, bought the plaza, I believe it was in 2012, and um, they had ran some trouble with the government. The government said that they owed billions of dollars to bond investors. They, they said it wasn't true um, and denied it. But uh, at one point, their, their chairman, this guy, Subrata Roy, was uh, found in contempt of court in India and put in a jail in New Delhi where he he stayed for about two years. And uh, one of the reasons people thought the plaza was for sale is because he he was facing a bail of more than a million dollars. And one of the ways he could raise that money would be to sell the plaza or other other hotels that they owned overseas. And uh, it got to the point where uh, the government was so eager for him to raise the money that they would allow him to uh, leave his cell and go to the, the jail guest house and uh, on a video screen, talk to potential buyers about about a deal. And I think some people even even made it out there and, and visited him. Um, and he seemed to enjoy the company and he seemed to enjoy talking about deals, but they, they never reached uh, a sale for the plaza. So um, now uh, – um, And one more thing is that the uh, Sahara is not the sole owner of the hotel. That's right. They're the majority owner? Majority yeah. owner, yes. But uh, Prince Sawalid, who had an interest in the hotel prior to Sahara, uh, is a part owner as well as uh, 
uh, Hampshire Hotels, I believe, has a very small interest. All right. The Plaza Hotel, one of the great properties in New York City and in really the world, maybe getting new owners. We'll see. Craig, excellent story. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thanks, Paul. Sean, thank you for coming in. Good luck with the fall semester. (laughs) Great. Thank you very much. And everyone, thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate it, and we will catch up with you soon. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com.